Hi, I'm Carrie Spaulding, the 30-something coach, and my guests today are Kristen Russo and Danielle Owens-Reed, founders of everyoneisgay.com. And Everyone is Gay started in 2010 as an advice site for everyone with an emphasis on LGBTQ youth. And through stories and humor and a lot of lip syncing, Kristen and Danielle have inspired and supported thousands of people of all ages. And they also tour the country and visit schools and speak to students. And recently they have geared up to launch an incredible project for parents. So Kristen and Danielle, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Thank you. So for people who are brand new to Everyone is Gay, what's the mission? Well, it's interesting that you should ask that because we just uh, we just took a look at the mission to sort of help fit it with a lot of the new work that we're doing. And um, the mission that we work with with Everyone is Gay is that we work to help LGBTQ youth in three ways. One, by helping them, which is the advice that you just spoke of in the videos. Uh, two, by helping their schools. Uh, Danielle and I go to visit high school and college campuses across the country. And then three, by now helping their parents, which is a new initiative that we just started. So what's so inspiring to me, and I know to a lot of the people who are watching and listening, is that you took that mission and you made it into your job, which takes a lot of courage, right? Where you could have probably taken a safer and some ways easier and at least more conventional path. And I'm curious kind of what advice you have for people who are trying to find that courage or that clarity themselves to find their purpose and go after it. I mean, for us, it's been, I mean, it's still a terrifying ride because we live everything month to month. And the only reason that we were able to quit our day jobs is because of our readers supporting us on our first tour um, and then continuing to support us when we, every time we would run out of money and we'd be like, okay, we have to crowdsource. And, you know, they would all come behind us. And I think that if you're doing something that is helping a group of people and that group of people can see that need, they're behind you 100%. I mean, without fail, every time we've ever needed help from anything. And sometimes we reach out to our friends and family who just recognize like what we're doing and how much of our heart is in it. And they, they just, they help us because they believe in us and we believe in ourselves. And, you know, once we quit our day jobs, it was kind of hard to go back. (laughs) declared it you you were sort of all in so it sounds like one of the things was reaching out and asking for the help that you needed but also a real trust in the feedback that you're getting from people that the work you're doing is important yeah I mean I think that the feedback that we get from the people who read our work on a day-to-day basis is really the core of what keeps us moving forward with it you know it's it's one thing to sit on one side of a computer screen and be like, I, you know, we hope that this is doing something good. And then it's an entirely different experience to actually see those people and engage with them and hear how the work that you've done has changed their their lives. And that is something that was and still is just completely shocking and astounding to both Danielle and I. Um, it's something that we would never be able to turn our backs on, you know. Well, so and you've said that everyone is gay the concept is that obviously not that everyone is gay really, but that we're all humans going through the same issues and dealing with the same stuff. And that really shows up on your website in terms of the themes that come up again and again and again. And I'm curious from your perspective, what is it that people need most? 
In general, in advice, like in... (laughs) (laughs) Well, so what are the the, the sort of themes that that for you stand out? Personally, I think that people need to see themselves reflected in the world around them most. I mean, I think that that is one of the biggest reasons why we see so many readers come to our site and come back to our site is that there's something incredibly encouraging about knowing that you are not the only person feeling the feelings that you're feeling. You're not the only person struggling with, um, you know, particular issues that in, in the shortest way of saying it, you're not alone. Yeah. I was going to say, I think the two main things that everyone wants is one to not feel alone, like Kristen just spoke to and two to not feel misunderstood because a, a big, big part of, our advice is about communication and being able to talk to one another and it, we all communicate differently. So it's all about finding a way in which to communicate that makes everyone feel comfortable. But it's as soon as you feel misunderstood, you feel dumb and you feel afraid. And if that's like the one thing that I think if every, if you felt like you were understood, you'd be able to communicate better and you'd feel better about yourself. And, you know, so those are the two main themes I think that kind of circle around. Yeah, that, that, well, that's so huge, and and it always boils down to talk. You know, you you guys always yeah. talk to them, right? Um, but and that's so huge. But it's a little easier said than done because showing up and speaking your truth and being honest about who you are can make you really vulnerable. And one of the things that I admire most about you two is how vulnerable you make yourselves to your readers, and that has a huge impact. I mean, it makes people feel connected to you and like they're not alone. Um, but it also takes a lot of courage to do that. So I'm just curious, do you ever struggle with that vulnerability and how do you deal with it? So that our, our listeners might think, well, how, how does one (laughs) enter into that playing field that way? You know, it's an interesting question because I, I think that, um, I think that because we see so much vulnerability from other people on a day-to-day basis, it's also really strengthened Danielle and I. Um, I know for me that I've always been okay with sharing my feelings with other people, and I've always kind of seen the commonality that we all have, that we all struggle, that, you know, despite how we might all deal with it differently, it's definitely something that we all go through. But on a day-to-day basis, we're hearing from people who are saying, Hey, this is my, this is the thing that's hardest for me. Here is my brain. Here is my entire struggle help. And so, you know, seeing that every day constantly also is more encouraging to us to to share with other people, you know, because we also see that commonality. Everyone is gay is definitely street. It has shaped my life. Um, incredibly. Yeah, I agree. I was going to say, I feel like it's, um, it's almost like, we've gotten better at it as we've come along. Like when we first started, I would be like, LOL, five jokes. And if somebody talked about sex, I would just scream. And like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I think that because we've been doing it for four years, it's been kind of like free therapy. Um, every time, you know, every time somebody asks a question, we have to find something in ourselves to, to relate that to. And we have to be okay with the fact that we're going to share that with everyone. And don't get me wrong. I also pay for therapy, but I think because of, because of the three, the free therapy of four years, our, our communication and our ability to be open has, I mean, you open up to a hundred people and then all of a sudden you're opening up to 20,000 people. And then now we're opening up to 80,000 people. So it's like, 
we can't really just stop. And, you know, each day I get a little better and better and better with it. But it's a practice, right? It's not something it that is. you're like, oh, check, I'm vulnerable now. And no. it out. <laughs> it's yeah. definitely a practice. And I mean, I think that sort of embedded in what in your response just there is something that you do really consistently on Everyone is Gay. You're always infusing humor into some pretty tough places sometimes. And that's such a gift to be able to help people sort of see the humor but it can be really hard to find the funny when it's your own life. And so I'm wondering, what advice do you have for people who are feeling like they're really in the pit of things to find humor or, or find the funny or find the lightness in their lives? I mean, I think that you can't always find humor in a, in a minute by minute, you know, in a minute by minute basis. But I think that the, the key really is being in the moment. When you're in the moment with stuff, you can be sobbing on the floor in one second and then laughing hysterically at the <laughs> fact that your cat just, like, tried to jump on the bed and missed it and fell. You know, like, it, it's really about being present in, in your minute-to-minute experiences. And I think, and, you know, Danielle and I struggle with doing these things in our own lives as well. It's, it's way easier to tell other people, hey, you know, be patient with yourself. Be patient with your feelings. Um, and that's key, being patient with yourself. Letting yourself feel really sad sometimes is very important. Um, but it's tricky. I mean, we've, we've gone through things ourselves where I've looked at Danielle and been like, we tell people to do this all the time, <laughs> but it's so hard, you know? Um, it's definitely, I think that, I think being in the moment is, is the only way you can get through things that are difficult and, and find the things that are still able to be smiled at I totally agree and also that's a really good question by the way really good question (laughs) (laughs) um and it's it's hard to just come up with an answer but I I think that Kristen's right you have to be able to be present and I also sometimes when I'm like so so bummed out and even and usually like talking to Kristen will bring me around or it'll make me feel a little better or I'll at least be able to be more logical about things Sometimes I have to just stop talking to everyone and I play Party in the USA by Miley Cyrus. <laughs> I know it sounds dumb, but like that song is ridiculous and there's no way to cry while listening to it. Also, <laughs> we found that you cannot frown and skip at the same time. Yeah, it's oh, not possible. I'm going to have to yeah. try that right after. Do you want to try it right now? Yeah, go ahead. Don't oh, try I don't know if there's room for skipping skip. over here. But maybe I'll take an after video of yeah, oh, the skipping frowning on send it to you guys. Yeah, everybody who's watching this should just stand up right now and try to skip and frown. Everybody we dare right you. now, skip and frown. So, uh, you know, it's it, part of it is about making space for all the feelings, right? And Absolutely. kind of giving yourself permission that you can be laughing one minute and you can still go back to crying if you need to. And then you can <laughs> laugh again and then you can go to everyone is gay and <laughs> ask a question and know that you're not alone. Um, okay, so but a, another big theme that I see is self-acceptance and self-compassion which is another one that's so hard to do. What do you think, and this might be a tough question on the spot, but what do you think is at the core of self-acceptance or, or just kind of loving yourself? I mean, I, I think that seeing how other people around us love those that they're close to is a really incredible way to learn to appreciate yourself Um, I know that for me, you know, the many relationships I've had with, with friends, with girlfriends, with family, um, seeing how people appreciate me and what they appreciate. And then also seeing that just in the world around me has been really eye opening to, 
I don't know, it just, I think it underlines the fact that we all appreciate people for very specific reasons and reflecting on why you appreciate people, the people in your life, you know, you're like, well, you know, I really do care about Danielle mostly because her hair is so amazing. <laughs> like, you know, it's just, <laughs> it's not, your hair is amazing, but, um, you know, we, we appreciate that, that was my because, next question. So how do you get your hair to look? Yeah. How do you get um, your hair to look so good? <laughs> But yeah, I, I think that for me, that's been that's been key, and I think that if we spent more time thinking about that, um, we would have the ability to find the small things about us and the large things about us that um, that are wonderful and unique, and that would draw others toward us. Yeah, I totally agree, and I also think that it does take time. I don't think you can just, you know, read a read a book about the secret and then feel better. You know what I mean? But I, I am. Um, it takes time and you have to learn to love yourself for a million different reasons. You can't just like focus on one thing that you think is great because like, like when it comes down to it, everything that we love about ourselves, like it's not going to be perfect every single day. So it's about finding 20,000 million tiny things that you love about yourself so that when one thing breaks, you still have other things to focus on. And also we have to stop comparing ourselves to other people. And I was reading this thing once because everyone's like so obsessed with competition and like being the best. And like, you get really bummed out if someone like gets a promotion over you or if like, if somebody has more Twitter followers than you or whatever. And I was reading this thing that was like basically talking about pop stars and they were like, the fact that Rihanna is super famous and super successful does not hinge on the fact that Lady Gaga is super famous and super (laughs) successful. There is room for everyone. Like there is room for everyone to be as successful and as wonderful and as amazing as you want to be. It's just about finding that for you and not comparing yourself and trying to stack up against everyone else. Well, and it's ironic because if you're, yeah, if you're so busy kind of trying to be who somebody else is, you're never going to find that place of, of what it is that you have to offer. That's unique. And, um, you know, I think it really comes back to the vulnerability too, because it, it takes a lot of vulnerability to, to kind of trust yourself that there's, that there's something in you to give and that, you know, you're okay the way you are. And if you can kind of get through all the, the crap of comparison and all of that, it can, can really free you up for that. Mm -hmm. So, so much of your focus so far has been on youth. And until recently, you you really were focused on youth, but you also have always gotten questions from all ages. So let's talk about adults for a little bit, if that's okay. Um, I'm really curious, what do you see as the, what do you hear or what do you see as the challenges of coming out or transitioning or coming to terms with your gender identity in your 30s or in adulthood generally that that make it different. So much is obviously the same at any age, right? Everyone is gay. But what what do you see as the differences? I think, I mean, I, I think that when you're 25 and under, you're in a completely different headspace where you're like, you know that you're still figuring your life out. And if you, you know, if you like make a decision now and then change your mind it's okay because like you're young and it's fun and then when you when you hit 30 you're like I cannot I've already been this person for 30 years I can't just change who I am to everyone around me you know not not as if you're changing who you are but like for everyone else and so it becomes this terrifying thing where the entire coming out process whether it be um 
your sexuality or your gender, the entire process becomes about everyone else and what everyone else is thinking and how everyone else is going to react. Whereas when you're younger, you're like, but this is who I am. I have to tell you, like, I have to let you know who I am. Um, that's, that's a main, when I've talked to people who are older, that's, that's a huge, huge thing. Yeah. And I think seeing the people around you, you know, the whole, your whole environment, once you are past college and even past like those first few years after college, um, the, your friends, what they're doing with their lives, everything sorts starts to sort of shift. And so for you to be wondering, wait, am I, do I want to be with this particular gender of person uh, for the rest of my life or do I not? Or do I, do I identify as this gender or do I not is, is a huge question to have when it appears to you that everyone else around you is pairing off and doing their thing and making their life and taking steps forward. So I think that, you know, it's, it's a difficult process at any age, but at least when you are a younger person, you're surrounded by people who are also like exploring, exploring career, exploring, you know, just exploring. That's what, I think that's what the early twenties are, are all about. Mm -hmm. So you've, you've sort of become more, at least seemingly more cemented into whatever identity you've identified as or people have identified you as so far. And, you know, it occurs to me also that so much more when you think about people who are in their 30s or beyond now, there's so much more space to be talking about this mm -hmm. stuff. And there are sort of explicit options, I think, that if that makes any sense, that people would never have been talking about 30 years ago. So that opens yeah. up a lot of questions and a lot of space for people who are, are maybe wouldn't have even started to think about coming out or talking about it openly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I also think that there's an interesting experience that happens for some people, not that it makes it an easy experience, but you know, for people who come to better understand their sexuality or their gender identity at a later age, um, I think that for many of them, they've been struggling with this piece of them for a long time, even if it wasn't on the surface. Um, so although a lot, in a lot of ways it's more difficult, in a lot of ways it's also incredibly freeing um, for people who are at that stage of their life to finally know like what it was that was weighing them down for all of that time and to finally feel like they can you know, express themselves the way that they want to and finally understand who they are. So I think oh, that there's a positive... It. Yeah, exactly. I figured it out. <laughs> so, it, oh, go ahead, Danielle. Well, I was just going to say, I was just thinking about how, and this experience is based on Kristen and I going to schools and not necessarily like a, a personal experience. But I also think that when you're younger, your friends and the people around you are more apt to ask you questions, which then makes it like a conversation. Whereas I think that, <clears throat> I think that when you're 30 or whatever, 29, 32, I don't know. And you say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to transition. People are like, Oh cool. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> and even if they, they're seemingly supportive, it's like, nobody's asking me questions. Like nobody knows what my pronoun is. Nobody, like no one is having a conversation about it. They're We've just like, Oh yeah, whatever. You do what you want. Of like, okay, you do your thing. And yeah. yeah. And so there's not as much space to process it or to, to feel like people are invested in learning more about this part of you. Right. Exactly. So what would your advice be to somebody who maybe is watching or listening right now and wants to come out, but is feeling scared, particularly maybe to, to an adult listener? I mean, I think that the key is really 
checking in with yourself and what you want to do for you. Because I think there are a lot of messages out there that say, you know, you need to come out and you need to do it this way, or you need to be proud, or you need to, you know, fill in the blank. And that's all well and good for a lot of people, but I think it makes a lot of us skip the part where we check in and say, what do I actually want? What what do I want people to know? What do I not want people to know? How do I want them to know? Um, and so that, that to me is a first step. Decide if you want to know why you want them to know. And then think about them. Think about that person or those people and how do you communicate with them? You know, if you're thinking about your parents in particular, maybe you're really good. Maybe your family like sits around a dinner table and has conversations about all sorts of stuff and so it'll come up. But maybe that isn't the way you communicate and writing a letter or, you know, an email or anything like that. Like, there are a million ways that you can come out. And so not feeling the obligation to do it in a particular way, I think, is a great first step. I totally agree. And then I think once you have come out and it's getting into that place where nobody's asking you any questions or engaging, I think you can bring it up. Um, and I know it's like super awkward. And when I, even in like a dating life, when you realize your friend doesn't like someone and you're like, can we talk about the fact that you hate the person I'm dating? Like (laughs) it might be awkward totally. But I think that the conversation is so, so important. And that when it comes down to it, you and your friends will both appreciate that you made that awkward moment happen. And were able to say like, can we talk about whether or not this is weird or it makes you uncomfortable? (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Coming out is, is very rarely not awkward. It just, you know, I mean, Danielle and I both have like pages and pages of stories that are hysterical looking back on them now that, you know, coming out to coworkers by just like shouting that you're gay because you got so uncomfortable, things like that. Where in the moment it was like, you just want to melt into the floor. But now looking back on it, it's, it was hysterically funny. I'm friends with those people, et cetera. So knowing that, I mean, it, that's a big thing too. Knowing that coming out isn't a one-time thing; it's a it's a process. It's a it's a long series of conversations, whether they be lighthearted and full of laughter or not so lighthearted and full of tears. You start at a place and you journey before you say, like, "Okay, I've come out." You know. So, it, it, you know, speaking of, you mentioned the dinner table. We're coming up on a time of year where a lot of people are heading home and. <laughs> Talk about awkward. <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious, sort of, what what uh, what would you want ringing in the ears of people who are going home? Whether it's, and we'll talk more about parents in a second, but whether it's parents kind of trying to to deal with their their feelings regarding their children's identities, or whether it's kids who are, you know, out and the family's not comfortable or not out. I know that that's so many different issues, but is there anything that you would want to say as we head into the holiday season? Well, as a person who came out over the Thanksgiving dinner table, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I would say two things. One, you, can, you can't always plan these things, right? You're in, a lot of times you're home for the holidays, you're around your family, you're like half excited because you're around people you love and half ready to pull your hair out of your head because you forgot all of the nuanced ways that they drive you crazy. <laughs> and sometimes the moment presents itself and you're going to say something and you're not going to plan for it and it's going to happen and it might be awkward. There are more Thanksgivings. There are more, you know, the holidays will happen again. So allowing yourself to be there and be present, I think is key, you know, cause if we were giving like, well, it might not be good to come out over the Thanksgiving dinner table because X, Y, Z, it's like when you're there, you're there, you're going to do what you're going to do. Um, yeah. so that would be my first part of advice. Yeah, I mean, I feel the exact same way. I don't even know that I have anything to add because you can't, I mean, 
you can, you can plan it and you can write a letter and you can try your hardest to figure out exactly how it's going to happen, but it's just going to pop out of your mouth when it pops out of your mouth. So I would just let it happen naturally and let the conversations flow. And if you just, if you plan to come out at Thanksgiving and that's been your plan all year and then you get to the end of Thanksgiving break and you haven't done it, don't beat yourself up about it because it'll, it'll happen when, when you're comfortable. And if you do come out over Thanksgiving, um, actually, we t- we literally, if we're talking about family, like parents, we timed our first four parent videos to happen before the holidays for that. It, it, literally, like, that was a conversation we had. We were like, everybody goes home, they see their families, and so many people use that as their time to come out. So um, we'll have some more resources up for you, too. <laughs> so run up to your bedroom and or wherever you're staying and go to everyoneisgay.com and check out the Parents Project. And speaking of which... Um, you have just had a magnificently successful campaign to raise funds for the Parents Project. Please tell us about that amazing project. Thank you. You just made that all sound so fancy and beautiful and wonderful. Well, I feel like I'm get, it's like getting the first interview after like Beyonce's baby or something. You know, like, I was the first. That is exactly what this is. That is exactly what That's, this is. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we just did an Indiegogo campaign. We, we crowdsourced just over $50,000 to begin the Parents Project, which will be a fully digital platform for parents of LGBTQ youth um, or LGBTQ any age who have just come out. Um, but there will be videos, and we have done the first four, which Kristen was just mentioning. Um, and it's basically the parents or parent or family member and the kid talking about the coming out process. And we're also going to do advice videos and it's just going to be all digital and right there. So that when you come out over Thanksgiving dinner and your mom is like, I don't know what to do, but doesn't want to scream about it, goes to her computer, types in, what do I do? We'll be there. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So, uh, this, this project is just so needed and I'm wondering, uh, what do you think all parents, Parents might not necessarily know. They might think they know how their kids identify or whether they're straight or gay or trans or whatever. Um, So what do you think all parents need to know and can do to support their children regardless of their child's identity? That is a fantastically phrased question um, because that is Another. I mean, it really, yeah, really. You deserve you deserve at least one hair. Yeah, for can that. I have some high fives from both? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think that so Danielle and I, the Parents Project, came from the fact that we were working on a book for parents, and we were gathering resources, and we found a need for some more digital resources. As we were working on the book itself and writing it, the more we wrote advice to parents, the more we both felt like this would be a book. This is a book that every parent should read, not mm-hmm. parents of gay kids, you know, not parents of queer kids, not parents of trans kids, but parents of any kid. And I think that if you're a parent of any child, the thing that you need to do is to make your home environment a very accepting and open one, because that allows, you know, if your kid is struggling with sexuality or gender identity, it gives them that much more room to talk about who they are and and to not have to worry that you're going to judge them. Um, But if your kid isn't LGBTQ, then you have created a a child who's going to grow up and be accepting and 
you know, engage with other people across all, you know, identities without having judgment. So it's, it's really a win-win. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I, Kristen is going to get tired of hearing me say this, but it's my new favorite phrase. Um, I don't think that parents raise kids. I think communities raise kids. So it's not about a parent reading a book and doing one thing correctly in their home. It's about like, Raising your children regardless of how they act and being, uh, I mean, regardless of how they act, who am I? Regardless of anything, like being in a community and being around uh, around kids and being a human being, like you have to be open and you have to be aware and you have to know what's going on because we all get stuck in our like, well, you have you have one gay uncle and you have to be nice to him because being gay is normal. You know, and then that's the only experience, but that's not the only experience that they have. We have the experience of everyone in our community. So I just think talking about, you know, issues and being super open is really important. Also, I don't know what I just said. I feel like I said a thousand things and none of them made sense. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that, uh, that they'll just become more and more profound and clear with, with more watches and listens. <laughs> so, and, and that's sort of what, what kids need, what children need. What do you think? I mean, you've, you've done a lot of thinking about this because you decided to create a whole project for it. What is it that parents need most? Uh, I mean, I, I think parents need the same things that kids need, which is to see people talking about these things in a way that's accessible and matter of fact and honest and open and just like, Hey guys, this is real life. You know, I think that they're in a really unique position because we sort of are like straddling the divide between the two worlds. You know, we're, we're not parents ourselves. We're also not young people ourselves in, in terms of, you know, being teens or in college. And what we found is that both sets of communities, if you want to call them that, need the same thing. They, they, they all want to be able to laugh. They all want to be able to ask questions without feeling judged. And they all want, be, you know, the ability to find resources and to find advice that doesn't, you know, that doesn't talk about these things as though it's always doom and gloom and heavy. You know, I don't think that's the experience of the majority of people. I think that's part of the experience for some people. But, you know, I think offering a full variety of experiences is key. I also think that what you said about asking questions without being judged is really, really important. And I think, you know, regardless of anyone's age, that's a thing that it's like what I was saying earlier about coming out when you're older, you, you just don't want to ask questions because you're afraid of looking stupid. And we can kind of provide that, provide that you are at least scrolling through questions that are sort of like the ones that you have and not only are other people asking them, but you have people answering them and not making you feel like an idiot for it. Mm -hmm. So you have shared so much great stuff here and the work you do is so important. Um, and I'm really hoping that you'll tell our listeners and our viewers how they can get and find that support if they need it and also how they can support the work that you're doing. Sure. Well, starting with everyoneisgay.com would be a great place to find most of what we do. I mean, you know, we are <laughs> definitely, we're definitely present on, um, I think every social media outlet that a person or organization could be present on. Um, but all of that stems from the site itself. So you can certainly find a lot. We offer daily advice, um, written advice on the site. We make videos once a week. Um, and then maybe Danielle, you can speak to some of the new stuff that we're building. Like 
the parents project or like the second opinions oh we have so many things you guys (laughs) um yeah i mean we also if you're if you're like, this is cool, but these are two white girls who date girls, and that is one experience. We also have a second opinions project that we just started a couple months ago um, where people from different identities and different backgrounds answer a question once a week. So every Tuesday is a second opinion, and it's a question that we, Kristen and I, feel like we can't 100% um, speak to, or we feel like someone else might speak to it better, or someone else might know better resources. So that's also a really, really a thing that I'm really, really excited about. Um, and then as far as supporting us, we, we're fiscally sponsored right now. We are in the middle of a whirlwind because we're trying to start a 501c3 that is separate from us, that is for touring high schools and building curriculum. So we're in a mess, but if you go to everyoneisgay.com and uh, there's like a little donate button and we are fiscally sponsored and we have PayPal. And if you're like, I really want to support you guys, but I'd really like to wear a shirt that says everyone is gay. That would also, that also helps us out. So we have a lot of t-shirts, a lot of stickers, a lot of buttons. (laughs) So any last words that you want to leave our our listeners with any, any final mantras? (laughs) I have something actually that kind of comes from what Danielle was just talking about um, related to supporting us. And this is not just for us, but supporting any organization. I think, you know, this, your demographic, I think, is is people in their 30s by by nature of its title alone. Um, And I think that what you what you find what they are. Yeah. Um, But what you find with with people who are in their 30s, I'm in my 30s, um, a a lot of you who may be watching this have um, careers, have skills that you worked on for a long time in your life. And that is an incredible way to support other organizations, whether it be us or, uh, you know, an organization that you believe in that does an entirely different kind of work. Um, We're always looking for help. If you do graphic design, if you do photography, if you do, you know, whatever it may be, there's usually a way to intersect your um, talents and abilities uh, to, to offer them to nonprofit organizations or just small startup organizations who need that kind of help. And I think that's a thing that we like skip over a lot, you know, that, yeah, it's great to donate money if you have it, but if you don't, or even if you just want to donate your skills, it's super needed. And people don't always realize what they might have to offer kind of bringing, yeah. bringing us full circle to the beginning, right? With the yeah. idea of what, what your own mission is and finding a way to make a contribution with your own, Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Danielle Owens-Reed and Kristen Russo are the founders of EveryoneIsGay.com and the soon-to-be-launched Parents Project. Please visit them, support them, get support at www.everyoneisgay.com. Famous celebrities, Danielle <laughs> Owens-Reed and Kristen Russo, we're all signing <laughs> off now. <laughs> <laughs> For more free resources from the 30-something coach, visit www.carriespalding.com.